Hello and welcome to Iron Without Sleep, a podcast where I, Iron, try to make a little girl fall asleep by talking about the clouds. Today we'll take a subject related to a new feature that was announced just a couple days before I'm recording this, which is ECS Exec. To understand that though, let's have a look at a different service first, which is the wonderfully named AWS Systems Manager Session Manager, which is definitely one-time manager too often in the name. As a well-raised little girl, you obviously know that you should design your environment in such a way that you never have to log into your instances, either by building it all in serverless or by making sure that there is no need to actually log into your instances. However, unfortunately, reality often means that you don't have a say about this. You can be dealing with a legacy architecture, you can be dealing with things that just require you to log in once in a while, whether location or just commands that need to be run or something. Now, the other thing that you know, maybe not all listeners know, is that while commonly the old way to do this was using something like SSH, SSH into your instance and then you would get access and all of that. However, within AWS, there is a cleaner way to do this, and that is using Session Manager. So, the Session Manager, and I'm not going to call it by full name again because it's a silly name. With Session Manager, you install the SSM agent. SSM basically is the old name for Systems Manager and that is still in use in API calls as well in the name of an agent like this. You install the agent and make sure that you add the correct instance profile to your instance. And once you've done that, you can use a number of Systems Manager functions. This includes run command, which allows you to remotely execute commands and get a response back, but also session manager, which allows you to log into system. Now, with system manager, when it first came out, it was a bit limited, but already super useful. And since then, it's been improved. So nowadays, you can set it up so that when somebody logs in session manager, that they will automatically get assigned correct user. They get a custom prompt, custom shell all those things and everything they do and everything that shows up on the screen will get logged, can get logged to an S3 bucket. So you have full auditability over what happens on there. And what feels that is pretty cool. Unlike with SSH where everybody would most likely be using the same custom key right? because when you create an E2 instance you get the option to assign a other key to I'm good upset by that. Yes I know. I know. Yes you know that you shouldn't assign a key when you spin up an instance because you can use Session Manager instead. I'm just trying to explain all the options. Now, when you spin up an instance, you can assign a public key. The way that this happens is then you have the one key that gives you access to use Amazon Linux, the EC2 user, for different distros and gives you different users. But it's always a single user, and as it says, you don't actually know who's making the call. So with Session Manager, you can do that because authentication goes through IAM. You have full control over who gets to log in and as I mentioned earlier, you can see who did it. <coughs> so you have full control of all of that. Now, of course, what about Windows? Because all I mentioned was Windows. Now, if you have to need to use Windows for some reason, then first session manager works perfectly well to give you access to a PowerShell shell. So as long as you don't need to use the GUI, you are completely gold. That said, one of those things I mentioned where it got better over time is that it ordered port forward. 
which means that you can actually do port forwarding over session manager and then RDP to your local on the port you forwarded it to and you're in the end without the need for direct connect VPN or bastion host or anything like that because obviously that is the other thing with SSH you will need some connection to the instance either through a VPN into your public to your private subnet or through a bastion host that you have running a public subnet and that you can then SSH into and from there you can SSH into all the other servers which is a valid approach if you don't have any other options if you do have other options it's not exactly the best thing you can do however that then brings us to this new release I mentioned ECS exec which through some pretty cool I almost call it dark magic what happens there is it allows you to the same thing but for your containers so if you're using container, probably familiar with Docker exec, which allows you to use your Docker agents to execute into a container. If you need to do more than just a single command, issue Docker exec dash ti then slash bin slash sh or slash bin slash bash if you happen to have bash container. And a similar thing you can do with your Kubernetes, your kubectl So in a way that was missing from VCS. Now, technically speaking, it might have been possible to use Systems Manager to log into the instances that your containers run on and then do a Docker exec from there, which is a big annoying thing. And again, misses the auditability of, hey, who did that and what happened? And of course, that excludes one of my favorite services, Fargate. Yes, yay for Fargate because that doesn't have an instance that you can connect to. So if you run EKS, you can use Qcuddle, exec, a similar thing, but you couldn't do that for ECS until just recently. And in many ways, this works the same as a regular system name. So permissions for doing it from SQIM, you don't need an SSH connection, and you basically just use the AWS CLI and its APIs to run this. Well, you don't have to use the AWS CLI, you can also use Copilot, which is the ECS-specific CLI tool. But I referred to Blackmagic earlier as basically a bit of how they implement this. Because what actually happens when you do an exec is that at that time, the ECS or Fargate agent, which is the controlling mechanism for your cluster, it will actually bind mount the SSM agent into your container. So what this means is that it will make it appear from outside of your container. And suddenly it is running in your container and you can access it. Now, I haven't played around with it much myself yet. As I said, I'm recording the day after it's been announced. So as far as I know, it doesn't support things like port forwarding yet. In fact, from what I read, the only thing it really supports is similar to Docker docker.exec-ti. So you will get a bash. You can't use it yet for run command type things. So you have to log in the system and run things manually there. Now, a lot of this stuff is, of course, good fun. And you can use it to if you really need to. Generally speaking, of course, you will try to avoid making that necessary. On the other hand, what this does offer you, and that is something I like, is say you do need a temporary bastion in your system. Because you want to test out some commands within your network. What you can now do is spin up a Fargate instance and ECS exec into that, run things from there, and then kill it when you're done. You don't need to worry about spinning up a whole instance. You don't need to have anything special running on your container. You don't need to have it open. You don't need SSH to be open for it. You could go for a simple Alpine container, for example. Maybe you'll install, call, and some other debug tools or whatever you need. Have that image lying around. 
And when you need to spin it up, it's just exactly into it. And you're done. No need to worry about it. And that's a use case that I think is interesting. However, I feel like you are less interested in that. Now, sleeping, or at least pretending to sleep. So I will put you back in bed. And I wish everybody else a good night.